Hey, good morning, everybody. Come on in, everybody out in the lobby. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the donuts. Um, they were from Sunrise Bakery, which is in Fortville, Indiana. Uh, grab those because it's fall, you know, the start of fall. It was pumpkin spice season on Friday. That's why I decided to grab some donuts and just have it so we could have some fellowship, some time together to gather together and talk beforehand because that's what it's all about for us is a time to worship, a time to gather and a time to commune. And so it's a great day today. Thanks for being here. If you guys want to stand, we're going to start with worship, and I'll pray to kick us off. Um, And that's it. So Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for this worship that we're about to have. God, may you remove all distractions. May you be in the forefront of everything that we think, everything that we do. Father, Restore our hearts, our minds, our souls. Let us get pointed back to you. And we just say thank you so much for your love and your joy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys. Good morning. We're glad you're here. I don't want to be rude, but I'm not multi-talented enough to stand and play this thing and sing at the same time. So (laughs) if you forgive me, I'm going to sit today. Um, So, yeah, let's just lift him up this morning and... Um, I just pray that we would throw everything off that would hinder us from giving God everything we have, um, no matter what's going on around us. So, God, I just pray this morning that our worship would be pleasing to you, Father, and I pray that any wall between us would be knocked down, Father, and we just thank you for who you are and thank you for your love, God. We just worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. This is my prayer and my hunger in me. My God is the God who provides. And this is my prayer in the fire. In weakness and trial and pain. There is a faith proved more worth than gold. So we finally look through. I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is here And this is my prayer when triumph is still on its way I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ So firm on His promise I'll stand I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice I will declare God is my victory and He is here. All of my life, 
sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but um, all of our lives in every season, he is still God. We have a reason to sing, and we have a reason to worship, Um, and I just need reminded of that sometimes, and I'm so thankful that no matter what my eyes see, that's true. Um, Sometimes we can't see the truth, so we have to keep telling ourselves, you know, there's a reason to sing. There's a reason to sing, Um, and I came across a quote I love, I think it's by Charles Spurgeon that said, you know, let, let me like the sparrow sing in the storm. And how many times have we heard birds singing in the storm? That's always so uh, encouraging to me because I want to be like that. I don't feel like I always am, but I want to be. Um, but, you know, God is just, he's so good. Um, he's just so beautiful. And Let's just surrender everything to him this morning, guys. Just praise him for his love for us. You were the one at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. A beautiful name it is. 
beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you brought heaven down My sin is great, your love is greater What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus Death could not hold you The veil tore before you He silenced the boast of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus
that again, guys, and let's just mean it with all our hearts. Just whatever you've brought in with you, lay it down before his feet. so much that you're worthy. Lord, thank you that we can surrender all to you, Father. And I just pray that we would this week. I pray that we would lay it all down before you and that you would work in each and every heart here, God, to just mold us into the people that you want us to be. We just love you, Father. I pray that you would help us to hear what you want us to hear today. And I pray you would be with Kurt and that you would just speak through him, God. We just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are seated, turn around and shake a few hands, introduce yourself, because I need a drink of water. Got a few announcements here at the beginning for us to start off with, and I'm going to have uh, Amy and Alicia come up here in just a moment, um, because they want to share some stuff about youth and what's coming up. So uh, before they get up here, happy October. It is October, I don't know, 2nd, 3rd, something like that, October 3rd, it's crazy. The year's flying by, I don't know for you guys, but for me, it has been a whirlwind of a year, and I... I was just mentioning some people in the lobby, this weekend is actually one year of us gathering here at Daniel's Vineyard, if you can believe that. That's crazy. It has been a whirlwind of a year, and can't believe that it's already been through. So um, we're going into the fall here. We've got a few things that are coming up in the weeks ahead. Um, first of all, just so you know, October 17th, we will not be gathering here because we've got a, a blackout that weekend, so we won't be here. So if you, don't, if you show up and we're not here, it wasn't the resurrection. You weren't left behind, I promise. It, it was a time that we were not here. So go out and enjoy your time with family and friends that weekend. Most of you will be gone and out of the area for fall break. 
anyway. And so it is a great time for us to all get away at that point in time. Uh, so tonight we've got youth, which you're going to talk about uh, that. Uh, October 9th, Mugs and Muffins for the ladies, if you want to join from 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturday, October 9th. We're going to be meeting at the Cassell's house. Uh, they're going through the book, Growing Slow, or is it Slow Cooker? I think it's Growing Slow, right? I can't remember. I think it's Growing Slow. Um, I, I've said that the last three weeks. Someone's going to smack me. Hold it up for me. Growing Slow, that's the book that they're going to go through. Uh, for you guys, if you want to put up the slide, Nora, for the guys, if you want to be part of the small groups, we're going to start in November. It will be the third Saturday of each month, 7 a.m., uh, and then we're also going to be doing some other manly things, as I like to say. We're going to go shoot some guns um, at a clay shooting, so anybody that wants to join us for that, um, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's a lot of fun, I promise. Um, so we're going to go do that. Outside of that, um, I want to mention volunteers. Nora, can you put up that? Volunteer. You see that little picture there? Can you read it? I can't read it from here. Anyway, it was a meme that one of uh, our little-known meme ministry is known around here. They've been sending me a bunch of them, and they're just like, when are you going to share one? When are you going to share one? So I'll say volunteers. And this is a perfect one. It says, hi, hi. Everyone says it, and you say, echo, echo. And we say, volunteers, can you help this weekend? Seen at 1248, seen at 1248, and no one's showing up. It's just a funny one. Um, but if you want to serve, want to jump on, we'd love to have you on the team. We need some area in the kids so we can get first through fifth, uh, fourth grade going uh, each and every week. We've got the teachers. We just need some assistance to come alongside. And we want to keep everyone safe, uh, all the kids safe in that. So we're going to have two volunteers in the room at each time uh, to do that. So to do that, if you want to serve, text the word serve to our toll-free number there. And if you want to save that number, that is Emerge Church's number. There is a live person on the other side that will respond to you. If it's not me, it's somebody else that will reply back to you um, throughout the week. Um, I already said 1017, nothing going on. 11-5, November 5th, Daddy-Daughter Dance. Um, We're going to be having a Daddy-Daughter Dance, and uh, it's going to be open to the public. The announcements are going out this week. going to do some advertising and Nextdoor app because Nextdoor app needs a whole bunch of positiveness in that. If you don't know, if you haven't been in there, don't download it. You don't want to. Um, but we're going to put it in Nextdoor. We're going to put it in Facebook. Spread the word uh, for the daddy-daughter dance, and uh, would love for you guys to be a part of that, you dads specifically. I want to bring up the ladies if you want to come on up, talk about youth. So Alicia and Amy, they're uh, co-leading the youth, and they want to chat with you all about youth, and I'll get out of the way. Can you hear us better? Whoa. Hello. Well, I'm Amy. For those of you that don't know me, I see some new faces here. So welcome to Emerge. It's really exciting to have you here. I'm Alicia. Hi. So we just wanted to touch base with you because we've got a lot coming up and we've got holidays coming up and sports schedules coming up. And so there's a lot that we're trying to fit in and some of it's short notice and some of it's a little bit more planned out. And so I will start by saying we do have youth tonight at the Cassells from 5 to 7. And if you have not been before and want to come, we've got a lot of different ways which Alicia is going to communicate with you about how we get the word out and what we need from you as parents and youth so that we can create a successful ministry. So going off of that, um, (laughs) we have the Sports U app, um, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, um, and we have for Sports U, we have the 
the youth first, the youth side of it, and the parent side. So if you haven't signed up for those, those are the best ways to communicate with us. Because wh what we're going to stop doing is the individualized text, because that's just really hard to. So we're hoping your kids will. Yeah, there you go. Those are the codes to get onto the group apps or whatever. Um, but we're going to count on the kids going forward because we've noticed none of you have read any of our messages because we can see who has read and who has not. So it would be great if you guys could turn the notifications back on. Um, and that's how we're going to communicate with you guys. So we're gonna, we, we have stuff coming up that we need you to sign up for. We're not going to be hounding you to sign up. It's going to be up to you to remind your parents. So we're going from there. Um, so go ahead and turn the notifications back on. Um, and going off of that, the first things we have scheduled the 29th and 30th of October. 29th is going to be our Youth Fall Festival. We're going to have it at Pastor Kurt's house. Um, we're going to keep some of it a secret, um, but it's family friendly for your, because we don't want your parents to just have to drop you off and then come back a little while later. So if your parents want to join with your siblings, that's okay. Um, but it's going, there's going to be a movie, there's going to be a chili bar costume contest because it is Halloween weekend. Um, and so lots of fun stuff. Prizes will be had. The prizes that you win, you can get the next day, which will be at the, what, what's the name of the place? Exploration Acres in Lafayette. So it's going to be like a day trip for youth. Um, understandably, we're going to need some volunteers to help with carpooling because it's a couple of hours away. It's right outside of Lafayette. Um, but there's so much to do. There's a corn maze. Um, sand pits, pumpkin patches, all the fun stuff you know, that you want to do. Yeah, like, like it's a lot of fun things. And so um, if you've got a youth, you know, and you've got younger kids and you want to bring them, definitely bring them. It's going to be, you know, a fun-filled thing. But we are going to kind of center the youth, you know, and keep them off to the side away from the families just so it can be a youth-centered event. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, and we're going to rent a fire pit there so we'll have a place the kids can congregate throughout the day. And then we'll eat dinner on the way home because some of the prizes you win in the corn mazes where, where you get, you stamp your ticket or whatever, give, like, free appetizers out at restaurants in that area. So I figured we would use them while we're there and go eat, and then we would come home. So we're going to need volunteers, like I said, because we don't have a church van. And so, yet. <laughs> if you want your kids to get there, we need to figure out, <laughs> you know, how we're going to get them there. But um, we wanted to go ahead and get those dates on the calendar because we want as many youth to come as possible because um, it's going to be a lot of fun and we've got a lot of planning to do on our end. But, and if you want to help with us, plan any of it, you're more than welcome to give us a call. We'll hook you up. So, um, but I think that's it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Have a great have a seat. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for leading our youth. They had a, for those of you that have not been a part of it, we had an amazing race, and they did an amazing job at that. It was a, basically a three-day weekend, just like you'd see Amazing Race on the TV. Um, and they were going all over Fishers, Indianapolis, McCordsville, trying to figure out where all the next clues were. They had to jump into pools. They had to slide through some really gross stuff that the kids wanted to redo again. Right, Caden? Right, Ryan? Yeah, you want to do it again? I know you do. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> and last but not least, I'll stop on the announcements, but I do want to make sure I mention um, we're looking towards November 1st to be making a move uh, down the street to Geist Montessori Academy. So um, it's just right around the corner. We're going to be there. Um, and 
we'll be meeting there more regularly because we won't have as many blackouts prayerfully. Prayerfully. When I went in to sign the contract to go, they had toilets overflow. So if that was a, a sign, I don't know if it was. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Um, but they haven't been able to let us in since then because they're doing a remodel. But we're going we're gonna to sneak in uh, and get that done. So she's going to sign the contract this week. If you want to pray with me over that one, uh, I would greatly appreciate that. But let's get started. I'll uh, stop with the announcements. I'll start going. We're um, week number four of Living Strong. We got one more week left. We'll be into the book of Jude next week. We've continued through the New Testament, and then we will be jumping into Revelations. That will be the next uh, to finish us off, and then we're going to rotate back around and start through the Old Testament. And so as we're going through what it will be over a three-year period at, at the longest, likely a little bit less than that, we'll cover the entire Bible um, and we'll just continue down through it. And the kids, they get to go through those activity kits that they all have. On those sheets, you've got basically the same story that we're going to do today. You're talking about children of God. We're going to cover that a little bit here, but the parents will have a good idea as to what it is. And so, guys, take some notes, color some pictures, ask some questions when you get home this week. Ask your parents about the story and, and tell them what you learned while you read right here. Um, so anyway, we're going on, and we're talking about today obeying out of love or obeying in love and that we're looking at first john chapter 2 verses 3 through 11 if you guys want to open up your bible if you're new here if you don't know scan this little code up behind me you can get the bible notes so the sermon notes everything that you'll see on the screens from here on out should be in those sermon notes so you can just take your camera out highlight it over this qr code it'll take you to the website um, and it's a website on the Bible app, and you can read the verses there too to highlight, save notes, send it to yourself, or if you have an account, you can save it on your account there. Um, so that's just a, one of the ways that you can follow along, take some notes. If you want a journal, want a Bible, we do have them out in the lobby. I uh, would love for you to take one home if you don't have a Bible. Um, we, want, we want and believe that every person should have a Bible. So paper Bible is all the better. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm an electronic device, I just start getting sideways pretty fast because I've got a tension span of a squirrel if you haven't noticed yet. Um, I'm trying to keep it straight on and just pray for me through it, please. Actually, I'm going to pray to start us off. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness and your joy. Father, as we're opening up your word, reveal something to each and every one of us. God, may your word just penetrate us. May we fall in deeper in love with you to be obediently following and trusting and listening to you in every single aspect. So God, we give you this time and we just ask that you just speak a new word into our lives. We say thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to be talking about obeying in love. If you're me, I don't like that word obedience. The word obedience has always had a bad connotation in my mind. It's always been one of those that I'm in trouble because I'm not being obedient. And that's, that's the way to look at it if you're looking at it in what we're reading here is we're obeying in love. And that's what we're going to be talking about is just obeying in love. And out of that love of Jesus is, comes the obedience for each and every one of us. Because you aren't going to be obedient to someone unless it's like a law and structure. But when you fall deeper in love with Jesus, that obedience becomes more natural. It becomes a time and that you just long for and seek out each and every morning of opening up scripture, of prayer, and obediently following and listening what he's saying to us to do. 
So when I say obedience, it, it brings back some of those old things, too, for each of us, right? Back to our youth when we were always in trouble for not being obedient to our parents or um, maybe it brings up some fears in the midst of it, some unmet expectations in obedience. These are all things that are just us not meeting the standards, not meeting the expectations, and that can make us all feel like we aren't enough in the middle of it. And that's not what God wants from us. He doesn't want us to feel like we're not enough, but he does want us to also be obedient and to follow and to trust him. So what's great is that we are more than enough in God's eyes, right? He loves us for who we are. He is always with us. He's there for us, and he's longing for us to come closer and closer. He's waiting for each and every one of us to come closer to him. So as we're all trying to finish strong in our lives, as we're trying to grow closer, as we're trying to have this intimate relationship with Jesus, we want to grow closer. We need to slow down. We need to trust and reach out to him. We need to continue just to have that desire and, the, and to strive for him in all that we do. So when I was pulling the sermon together, I was reminded of uh, obedience in this joke that I heard. I'm probably going to get in trouble by my wife and maybe some of the other ladies, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, this is going back to Genesis, back at the beginning, and um, it's a little bit between Adam and and God. So it goes on to say, so God creates Adam, and soon after he notices that Adam is lonely. God says, do not fear my child, for I will create a partner to accompany you and man from this time forth. She'll be known as a woman. God continues, she'll be obedient, loyal, passionate, and nurturing. Adam likes what he's hearing. And he ponders. And so he decides to ask the question, what's this going to cost me? God responds, an arm and a leg. So Adam retorts, what can I get for a rib? Bada bing! Ah, I cracked myself up. Um, all jokes aside, I'll stop from there. <laughs> We're looking for obedience in and from love. Now that I'm in trouble, I shouldn't have done it. You see, uh, what we're looking at today is more than ever, people are getting upset. They're not, they're just overwhelmed, hopelessly looking for attention, looking for care, looking for love, looking for people to come, looking to be known. That's the big thing, looking to be known in the midst of it. You know, I've said many times, we, we do those Google ads, and I'm hearing from so many people that are hopeless, they're lost, they're lonely. They're looking to be known, to be cared and they're getting sucked into the world and getting tossed from side to side. You know, when we just come closer to Jesus, that's when we can go the distance. So today we're looking at 1 John. 1 John is where we're going to be, just to give you an overview, since it's, I'm not going to cover every single one of these chapters, let you know who the author is and a little bit about it. So 1 John was written by the, uh, John. He is the beloved one, as he likes to be called and be known. Uh, that's the only way that he referred to himself in the Gospel of John, was the beloved one of Jesus. He was his best friend. He, was, he never said his name, but he always said, I'm the beloved one. Uh, so he, he, he always laid that out. So he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote First, Second, and Third John. And then he also wrote Revelations, which we're going to go to over in the next couple weeks. And so it's just a, uh, a great, um, 
great couple of letters of what he's doing. He's laying it out to each person. The letter known as 1 John was sent to a group of believers who were in the midst of an unsettling situation. Some of them abandoned the faith in Jesus, the Messiah, and they abandoned the faith in Jesus, the Messiah, and it had already been, that had already been taught to them. So they're drifting away. They're pulling away from what they have known. And it's kind of like today, right? We're getting pulled away. We're having a battle. We're abandoning, seeing people abandoning their faith left and right. You know, John is the author of this, and much of this language in 1 John is similar to the Gospel of John, right? So if you read both of them, you're going to see that they're very similar in the way, the writing style, uh, and this letter just testifies to the reality of Messiah's coming and that we have full access to that truth. So this, this letter is grounded in love. That's the basis of it. It's grounded in love, and it shows a great view of Jesus and the dangerous consequences of disobedience, of injustice, and apathy. So let's open up to 1 John 2, 3 through 11. If you want to throughout the rest of the week, feel free to read the rest of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You can do about a book a day if you wanted to. It's not too long, um, but I'll go ahead and read here 1st John chapter 2, starting at verse 3. It says, We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. So, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Verse 7, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing, and true light is already shining. Verse 9, Anyone who claims to be in the light but still hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. So in this reading, as you go on, you're going to see the power of obedience. You're going to see the power of obedience and love and how it's leading us to a closer fellowship and for us to abide in him. You know, I've talked about abide several times and played that song at, at the end of one of the gatherings, but abiding in Jesus is just one of those things that we all need to get recentered back to and, and pulled into his life and just truly trusting him. If you haven't looked at that song, I'll try to repost it later this week, but abide is just an awesome song. Um, and it just hit me when I was traveling a couple weeks ago, just pure worship moment of me just slowing down and surrendering and recognizing and praising who he is. You know, we can see the fruit of, it, of obedience here in this reading when you look at it. We can see that the light is shining in the darkness and it gives us the ability to abide in him, to abide in him, to rest in him, to wait on him, to come closer, to trust in him. Just last week I was men- mentioning koinonia, which means fellowship. 
right? I was mentioning that, and we're going to momentarily talk, we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but it's really just slowing down and connecting with others. That's why we had donuts earlier today, so we could have a time of fellowship, a time of connection. That's why we went to Holiday World a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we couldn't meet here, but we went to Holiday World, and we had a fantastic time. It was a great time to just connect with each person, to go out and have some fun, and truly enjoy that time. So we all just need this fellowship. So I saw this quote, this quote you're going to see here on the, light, on the screen. And this is kind of the basis of where I pulled today's message together. It says, we may thrive on the bread of life, or we may starve on the crumbs of this world. So we may strive, or thrive on the bread of life, or starve on the crumbs of this world. It's where we're putting our hope, our trust, our obedience of fulfillment into our loved ones. You know, if we're putting it all into our loved ones and all into the world alone and not back into Jesus, we're getting turned upside down. Because we're trying to live off these crumbs in the world. We're not able to fulfill. We're not getting filled daily. We're living off those crumbs. We're hungry. We're going to start lashing out. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm hungry, watch out. I become very short. My blood sugar's dropped. I become very hangry, is the great word to use. It's hangry because that is me if, I don't, if I'm not filling myself up. And that's just like every single morning. If I'm not opening up the Bible, if I'm not spending some time in prayer, Emily will tell me to go back into the other room and take, the, take some time with a cup of coffee because I'm just, I'm not filled up. And I can be a, a, a harmful man at times, right? We can all be that way because we become very self-focused. So we'll fall flatter in this world if we don't put and get filled up on Jesus. We need to thrive on the bread of life. We need to seek him and yearn for him and obediently follow him. You know, as we grow closer to God and we can see and experience what he has for us, it's a pure and true love that he has for us. Looking in his eyes, in essence, you'll feel loved, you'll feel validated, you'll feel complete. Of course, not every single day You'll feel that way, but we're being called into that. We're called to live in obedient love, to trust and to love. You know, as we read, as, as we read, and I'm just reminded that anyone who hates his brother is still walking in darkness. We have a big calling on our lives, right? We must not love the world, which is passing away, but we must love each other. We must love Jesus We need to cling confidently to the truth of who he is and live it out. When I was reading through my commentaries, there was this story about the grumpy monk. And the grumpy monk kind of stood out to me because I think it will resonate to most of you. I'm going to read it here. It says, It is very difficult to avoid the lure of the world. It encroaches on us even when we have made a concerted effort to resist its pull. A man who had grown weary of the constant pressure to keep up with the Joneses, decided to get away from it all, so he joined a mute monastery. It was a very demanding commitment. Monks could only say two words every five years. Two words every five years. For the first 15 years, they were on trial. And if they were successful in meeting the requirements of the monastery during this 15-year period, they become and could make their final vows. Perfect, the man thought. No phones to ring, no clients to call on, no credit cards to pay off. This is just what I need. So he joined. 
And for the first time in five years, for the first five years, he didn't say anything. At the end of the time, he was called in by his, uh, to his superior's office when he was told he could say two words. He said, bad food. Thank you. I'll take note of your observation, his superior said rather stiffly. The man went back to his duties, and then for another five years, he didn't utter a word. At the end of the time, the superior asked him if there's anything he'd like to say. The only two words. Hard bed. For another five years, he said not a word. His superior called him in and asked him if he had anything else to say and if he were ready to take his final vows. The man stood up and said, I quit. His superior replied back, well, I'm not surprised. You've done nothing but complain for the last five years that you've been here or 15 years you've been here. You're out. So even joining a monastery can get away, can't even get us away from the temptation of this world. It doesn't protect us from the world. Our desire in the world is in our hearts. And the outside temptations only give opportunity for the heart to reveal itself. See, if we're going to conquer worldliness, if we're going to conquer it, we must do it from the inside out. The second chapter of John 1, he addresses the issues of worldliness, indicating that we must love God and we must not love the world. So in what we read, let's look at obedience. Um, you can see on the screen here, verses 3 through 6, this first bullet point is, those who know God must obey him. That's verses 3 through 6 we're going to look at here. Those who know God must obey him. So we've heard it and we know it, and we demonstrate that we know God when we keep his commands. In verses 3 through 4, it says, to understand this letter, we must be continually reminded that it seeks to correct the problems of belief. Right? It's seeking to correct us, to move us away from the worldliness. And what this letter was written to was the church at Ephesus. And it's trying to bring them back into the fold. And every word of this letter comes in response to something that the churches were doing, the people were doing, the fellow believers. They're being called out on ways that they were acting, the ways that they were reacting, the ways that they were walking away from Jesus and more towards the world. Verse 3 tells believers how we can know if we are indeed Christians. We know we are Christians if we obey his commands. Apparently some people in Ephesus, they just claim to know God, but they made no effort to keep up with the knowledge. They no longer decided to keep up with him. And what is called as Gnosticism, and that was the religion that started at that time, Gnosticism prides itself in knowing God through mystical enlightenment. Through that knowledge, it had no bearing on their moral behavior. And that's what was happening in the early church. And so that's why Paul, or Paul, why John was writing this letter to address this and to say, hey, you need to come back to Jesus. You're getting pulled into the worldly things. You aren't putting your focus and your trust and your obedience and love for Jesus. You see, they had no understanding that sin was a barrier to their relationship with Jesus, with their relationship with God. They're going through the world as if they were just part of the world and that they didn't know God. But John set them straight and he said, if you know God, you keep his commandments. And if you make no effort to keep his commandments but still claim to be a Christian, you're a liar. Ouch. Hurts, right? Yes. Thank you. At least somebody's talking back to me. Uh, this distinction is comforting when we look at the extreme, extreme sin, right? When we look at the, the bad sins of the world, 
Yeah, of course. We're not going to do the bad sin. But if you take a, another look and you're looking at it as just the subtle sins, you're like, ouch. It also, it's a sin, right? How, be, how obedient do we have to be? You know, I'm sure I've personally violated some of God's commands just in the last couple of days. You know, questions arise after reading this. Am I a Christian? Am I a believer? Am I a, uh, or am I a liar? Must we obey all the commands perfectly? You know, if all that is the case, am I truly saved? Well, clearly the Bible, it says, it's not saying that we have to exhibit perfect obedience. For 1 John 1.8, it, it told us that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and make God out to be a liar. Right? So he's giving us some clarification. The issue appears to be whether or not we take God's commandments seriously and are trying to keep them. We may not keep them perfectly. We may not even be perfectly consistent or have that perfectly consistent desire to keep them. But we're trying. There's only one perfect man in this world, right? That was Jesus. We're not perfect, but we need to continue to strive closer to him and come closer and trust you know, I was thinking about obeying God's commands. And if you go back into the Old Testament, one of the first ones that will remind you of it is Moses and how he obeyed and, and that he was going through and he was going before Pharaoh to talk about and he's obediently following in love from God and doing things that he was completely out of his comfort zone and how God's commands were, were not being followed by Pharaoh, Right? Pharaoh was of this world and doing his own thing where Moses was trying to be more of God and not of this world. But Moses was showing his obedience and love for God. And what he was doing, he was just challenging the position right in front of the mighty Pharaoh. So, you know, one of those things that really gets me on this is when I was thinking about Moses and how he was coming in. Can you put that slide up? that he was doing it out of obedience and love. Next one. Keep going. I got another meme. I love this thing. And so what Mo Moses was doing it out of obedience, he was, he was following and trusting. And what it was really getting back to me, and this is what cracks me up, Twas a frog. The look on his face is really what puts a cherry on top because it makes me think of my obedience to God and what am I doing in front of him? How am I living before him? How am I doing? And is God just looking down at me like, look what's coming your way? Is he doing a little head shake? Is he doing a little side eye? Or is he smacking his head for everything that I'm doing that I'm trying to obey and love, but I'm not 95% of the time? I just thought of this, this look is like, God's like, oh, come on. Anyway, I'll go on. I, that fell flat on its face, and I'll, I'll, I'll own that one 100%. Uh, let's go on to verses 5 through 6. Uh, John the Apostle, we're assuming to have written this, um, now reassures us right here. He, he's reassuring us as we're going into this. He, he says, if we take seriously the commands of God, we can be sure to know God. Then God's love is truly made complete in us. Made complete probably means mature and not perfect mature and not perfect because we can't perfect love. And there's only one person that was perfect. I already mentioned that, right? So John Wesley, who's the founder of the Methodist denomination, 
believed the word mature used here meant that a Christian could grow spiritually to the point where he or she loved perfectly. Others believe that the strongest evidence is, is this interpretation is that we just observe and we love and we trust God and we're growing into it. So we haven't reached it in overall perfection, but we're maturing, we're growing in the middle of it. You see, we try to do things and we try to grasp at straws, we try to grasp at the water. You know, we're trying to grasp at life. And you can't hold water in your hands, right? We're trying to squeeze love. We're trying to squeeze life. And if you try to squeeze water in your hands, it's just going to squirt out everywhere. Because we're trying to grab a hold of things. We're trying to just be, when we're trying to be obedient, some of us are just trying to grab it like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And when you're holding someone much tighter, you're going to fall flatter on your face. But if you open up your hands, you're going to be able to receive more of what God's showing. That's kind of what through here is just love is the basis. Love is the filling in us up and is carrying us through. Now let's look at the fellowship aspect. When we're looking at fellowship, that's why we had the donuts that I mentioned earlier. So we could gather together to talk, that we could spend that time connecting with one another so you didn't have to listen to a boring guy. You had some sugar. Maybe some of you are going to fall asleep here shortly from your sugar high. But that time was great for us to be able to connect with one, one another, and that's what we're called to do is fellowship, which is koinonia, which I mentioned earlier. It means to share in common, to participate, to experience in unity. You know, we touched base on that last week, like I said, but there's multiple ways, and you can see in the notes, there's a few verses that kind of tie back into it. First Corinthians 1.9, um, it tells us that we have fellowship with Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord when we are saved. Oh, we got them both on the screen. And then in 1 Corinthians 9.23, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. You see, believers are in fellowship with one another, but really we're in fellowship with Christ. We need to be communing with him. We need to be coming into close relationship with him. That's why we take communion, why we have communion available each and every week so you can take time to commune that we can take time to be in fellowship and come closer. That's why we participate in the Lord's Supper. So if you guys want to afterwards, feel free to grab some of the communion. Take it today, take it with you. Uh, we'll do communion together at another time, but not today. But there's always that opportunity for you each and every week to do that. Let me close up here. So we need to make every effort in our fellowship to be in fellowship, in fellowship with fellow believers, to gather together on Sunday mornings, but also gathering throughout the week, to gather in small groups, to go out and have meals, to go out and have fun at the fire pit or whatever it may be. We need to be gathering together as a body of believers and reaching out to those that are lost, those that are around. And so what we have here in 1 John and what we read in 1 John 2, 3 through 11, it introduces to three tests of reality of fellowship. And those three you'll see on the screen are knowing God, abiding in him, and being the light. So the first one's knowing God. We all know that. We all can do that. It's a, next one, number two, is abiding in him, which is obedience. That's what we're talking about. And the Greek word there, menyo, which means abide, is used throughout this reading. If it, verses 6 through 27, it's used 10 times. 
It's used 112 times in the New Testament alone for us to abide and to rest in Jesus. And that, that's where, from that abiding and resting, that's leading us into a closer relationship with him. And then finally, number three is be the light. In ancient thought, the, the, the light would be to show and talk about vision, perception, reality, so we can see and be in the light and follow Jesus is what he is referencing. You know, what is in our heart is going to eventually come out, guys. Is it Matthew 12, 34, I think it is? It says, out of the heart will come out of the mouth, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. What we have built in here, if we aren't rooted in Jesus, we're going to spew out worldly things. It's the love of Jesus that we have in our hearts. It's going to carry us through. You see, when we don't love like others, it's much easier for the world to get into us if we don't have a love with Jesus. The vacuum in our lives can be filled either by us trying to please God and others or by living only to please ourselves. Which one do you want to choose in that? Pleasing ourselves will occupy our time and give us temporary satisfaction. But in the end, it leads to emptiness and futility. So it all starts in love. Love of Jesus. And for those that have put our faith and trust in Jesus, he provides his advocate, his Holy Spirit, to help us in times. So what I just ask of you today is that you just rest and trust in him, to abide in him, to give all your worries, your strifes, your struggles, all of that, give it to him, and take every step of the way with him. You know, I was reading in Luke 1 earlier today. If some of you are following along in the one-year Bible, I commented on this. And it was what... I saw, and I've, I've read Luke 1 many times, but in the way I had my paper Bible open, I saw I will and I can lined up right beside each other. So in Luke, when I was reading, it was talking about Zechariah when the angel came and said, you're going to have a child, and, and what he said is, how can this be? Zechariah replied back, how can this be? And then when the angel came to Mary, she said, how will it's two words. They basically both mean the same thing. But can versus will. It's a, a positive versus negative look at it. Where Mary was saying, how will, like she's believing and trusting, but doesn't understand where Zechariah was saying, how can? That can't happen, right? That, that's his basis. That's, that's why Zechariah was held to be quiet for the next, what, eight, nine months. He couldn't speak a word until uh, John the Baptist was born. Because he said, how can this be? But Mary said, how will this be? It's a, it's a matter of position for each and every one of us, how we can respond, how we can walk into his will and let his will be ours. So again, I just ask that if you're carrying the burdens of your family, broken relationships, addictions, burdens in your life, financial strains, and stresses of this world, if you're clenching onto them, you're doing nothing but hurting yourself. Lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Lay it down. And trust him in the middle of it. He can carry it. It's not a burden to him. It's more of a burden for us, but it's not a burden for him. You know, if, without our hands clenched, is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be cleared up right away? Likely not. Is it going to give us some relief? Yeah when we're trusting and following. And that's out of obedience and love. 
And that's, that's the basis of this whole chapter, is just being obedient in love of Jesus. When we have that love for him, we obediently want to follow. You can see some of the application points in the notes that you can take a look at. Maybe there's something else that God's speaking to you in the midst of what I shared today. Um, and you can just take a look at those notes. You can write it down. But I just want to go in prayer real quick here towards the end. And um, just let you ask the Holy Spirit. So let's go to prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to see how we need to be obedient and love. And so, Father, I just ask that you reveal to each one of us where it is that it, we have a hang-up, that we have a hold-up, that we're holding on to so tightly that we're not giving you access to. God, just reveal that next step for each and every one of us. Help us just to trust you more. Help us to fall deeper in love with you. And God, we just ask that you just fill us up so that the, through us being filled up, we can overflow into our lives, our loved ones around us, that we can be a light and a beacon in our neighborhood to those that are lost and hurting right around the corner. And so that we can continue just to love you more and to point more people towards you. And so, Father, as we go out of here this week, I ask that you just put a person right in our path that we can see, that we can speak life into, that we can invite them into a relationship with you or truly just be your hands and feet and help them along their way so that they'll finally ask, what do you put your hope in? And as we're going out this week, help us to truly be, find ways that we can be more obedient as we're striving to come closer to you in everything that we say and everything that we do. And so, Father, we just lift up to you our community, our nation, our world. There's natural disasters, there's chaos, there's uncertainty, there's fear that is just the centrality of it all. And so, God, I just ask that you will bring your hope and your joy through your people in those areas. Give us the boldness to go forward, to reach out to those that are around us, and may you be honored and glorified in everything that is said and that is done. We say thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Um, had a few people ask about how to give. There's a slide. Nora, can you put the slide up about giving? It's at the beginning of the sermon notes. I skipped over it. But there's a way there to do it through PayPal. Um, or if you're on our newsletters, we have a link to Facebook as well. So you can either pull it up through the sermon notes, the gathering guide, if you want. We were doing it through Donate. We were having several issues. Um, and so we've stepped away from them for a little bit. But we're doing it through PayPal and through Facebook primarily. But always you can mail a check or whatever. Um, works the best for you. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure I shared that. I don't always talk about tithes and offering, you know. I'm so grateful for everyone's generosity, for those that are believing in and, um, you know, giving a 10, 10%. That's what we're called to do is give 10% of our income as a tithe um, and to the church that we call home so that we can spread the gospel. So for us here at Emerge, everything that, of the 10% that comes in, we give out over 20%. Um, back into the community. We're supporting some missionaries. We're helping feed. We send money off to Convoy of Hope if there's an emergency. There's, there's money that's going back out immediately. And um, so 
we always want to make sure that we're supporting, we're spreading the good news in the midst of it. And I'm going to stop talking because you're tired of listening to me. And Brian's turning on the music and he's like, get out of here. All right, guys. Love you so much. Have a great Sunday. Thank you. Jesus, the name above.